Darko Buderitz is known as a musician and conductor. People didn't know him as a poet or video editor until a few weeks ago when he produced what the orchestra called a musical love letter to Asheville. The video features a number of Asheville Symphony Orchestra musicians from their separate homes performing Ashokan Farewell by Jay Unger. Board member Bill Geddes gives voice to Buderitz's poem. From the river to the peaks, we are bound by it and become one. The idea behind the video was to go beyond just having a musical performance, but really it being a love letter to all of Asheville, not just to classical music lovers, but to our entire community. It was a clarion call of sorts for an orchestra forced, like everyone else, to cancel its entire spring calendar. We have to look at projects that emotionally reach out to our community and can inspire, can uplift during this difficult time. If the orchestra's most optimistic forecast holds true, it won't perform again at Thomas Wolfe Auditorium at least until next February. Even then, short of a vaccine, it's an open question whether the musicians will be eager to perform side by side. Jason Posnock is the orchestra's concertmaster. I think it's going to take time for musicians to get comfortable again, getting close to one another and kind of playing and breathing and spitting and you know, all the things that we do. David Whitehill has been the orchestra's executive director since 2012. We will be among the last to come back, at least last in the respect of bringing people into Thomas Wolfe, not only with 100 musicians on stage, but 2,400 people in the audience. And that means no revenue from ticket sales or concert sponsorships. That doesn't necessarily hurt the bottom line of an orchestra that, like most others, loses money on every concert. But when there aren't concerts, the musicians aren't paid. Unlike major orchestras locked into guaranteed salaries with unionized musicians, the Asheville Symphony pays its musicians per concert. But without concerts, the community also loses its principal outlet for professional classical music performance. Whitehill said a silver lining to the imposed closure is the forced audit the symphony and other arts organizations are conducting to their missions and how that has to shift in the post-pandemic world. What is sacred to us? What do we not want to change? And then what can be questioned? During this period of uncertainty, we have the opportunity to spend most of our time in question two. For now, the orchestra is building its online presence, which was far from robust before the coronavirus, to produce virtual performances and recordings, and for audience engagement. Buderitz hosts a classical music trivia contest every Tuesday night on Facebook Live, pitting the Asheville Symphony against members of his other orchestra, the Tallahassee Symphony in Florida. The orchestra also saw 75,000 Spotify streams last month, fueled in large part from the recording it made with the bluegrass chart toppers, Steep Canyon Rangers. Some of these online and recording initiatives will likely continue even after live concerts resume. And just as public life is reopening in stages, Buderitz envisions the same for concerts. Are there possibilities to do outdoor concerts? Are there possibilities to stream concerts live? And that in itself already raises the question, is the model of the concert that we're used to in the hall, Overture, Concerto, Symphony, we do not necessarily have to conform to that. So all of a sudden, the creative aspect of what a concert is can change. Whitehill said the orchestra's financial footing is sound enough to survive without live concerts, at least through the fall of 2021. I'm Matt Pikin for Blue Ridge Public Radio News.